the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking, as he did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. At times when Christianity itself seemed under threat, its deliverance was attributed to the power of this prayer. And Our Lady of the Rosary was acclaimed as the one whose intercession brought salvation. Hey, hey there. Welcome back to Catholic with a Zen Mind. That's right. The only podcast in the Catholic world where we're taking a look at Zen Buddhist thought. Not to mix anything. This isn't a bar, and I'm not a bartender. But we do this in order to uncover the quote, Zen within Catholicism, using traditional church teachings and sources. I'd like to welcome you all back today, and if you're joining me for the first time, welcome. We are wrapping up our Warriors of the Rosary episodes. We've gone through the month of October, and it's nearly over. So to finish it up, I have two of, well, the most recent Warriors of the Rosary lined up for you guys today. And just like the last few episodes, we may even hear from these warriors themselves. So we got the promoter of the Rosary and the theologian of the Rosary. So let's, let's just stop playing around. Just hop right into it, shall we? Born in Poland and became the first non-Italian pope since the 16th century. As a young man, he was an actor and an avid skier, kayaker, and outdoorsman. He grew up in a very difficult time under the Nazi and communist occupations of Poland, which forced him to study to become a priest in secret. An extremely intelligent and erudite man, he was sent to Rome after his ordination and studied under some of the greatest theologians of his time. He never lost his love for the outdoors and was out kayaking on the day the news arrived that Venerable Pope Pius XII had selected him to be an auxiliary bishop. He knew at least twelve languages, was eventually made the Archbishop of Krakow, and was a participant at the Second Vatican Council. He was elected to be the Vicar of Christ in 1978, and quickly became one of the most influential popes in the history of the church. He brought the church out of the turbulent 1960s and 1970s, helped end communism in Europe, visited 129 countries, beatified 1,338 people, and canonized 482 saints. He wrote 14 encyclicals, 15 apostolic exhortations, and 45 apostolic letters. He was also an apostle of the Divine Mercy message and devotion as given to St. Faustina Kowalska. 
established Divine Mercy Sunday, and offered groundbreaking teaching on topics such as the theology of the body. On May 13, 1981, the anniversary of the first apparition of Our Lady at Fatima, he was shot in St. Peter's Square by a radical Turkish Muslim. It was later reported that just before he was shot, he made a slight movement toward a little girl who was holding a holy card of Our Lady of Fatima. Our Lady of Fatima saved him on that day, and he knew it. On October 7th of the same year, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, and his first general public audience after his recovery, he made reference to the connection between being shot on May 13th and the Fatima apparitions. Incredibly, a second assassination attempt was made one year later on May 12th, 1982, in Fatima itself. During his pilgrimage to Fatima in thanksgiving to Our Lady for having saved his life from the previous year's assassination attempt, a Catholic priest from the Society of St. Pius X attempted to kill him. This mentally disturbed clergyman tried to stab him with a bayonet, but failed. Our Lady of Fatima had saved him again. Then, in 1995, an Al-Qaeda-funded attempt to kill the Pope by means of a suicide bomber was foiled one week before his execution while he was on a trip to the Philippines for World Youth Day. Mary's mantle was over St. John Paul II. He would live for ten more years before dying on the vigil of Divine Mercy Sunday in 2005. For His Holiness and monumental apostolic activity, St. John Paul II rightly deserves to be known as St. John Paul the Great. So he's beatified on May 1st, 2011 by Pope Benedict XVI, canonized April 27th, 2004 by Pope Francis, with Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI in attendance. His feast day is on October the 22nd. St. John Paul II had a filial love for Mary. After losing his earthly mother at a very early age, he entrusted himself to Our Lady's care and had complete confidence in her. He was greatly influenced by the Marian writings of St. Louis de Montfort and said that reading true devotion to the Blessed Virgin was a turning point in his life. In fact, when he was elected the Vicar of Christ, he chose as his pontifical motto a Marian phrase from the writings of St. Louis de Montfort, which translates to, All Yours. In his frequent catechetical talks on Mary and her maternal role in Christianity, he emphasized that it is impossible for people to understand the Church unless they look to Mary since there is no other person who can better introduce us to the knowledge of Christ than his mother. St. John Paul II promoted the Marian sodality and the Legion of Mary everywhere he went. In his many world travels as Pope, he greatly delighted in visiting Marian shrines. During many of these visits, St. John Paul II took the opportunity to speak of Our Lady as our maternal mediatrix, the masterpiece of God's mercy the pattern of Christian holiness, and the woman of the Eucharist who leads her spiritual children to the real presence of Christ. He encouraged all the members of the church, especially youth, to foster a filial devotion to Mary, and led by example by bringing Our Lady into everything he said and did. When he was shot in 1981 during the surgery to remove the bullet, he, requ- he requested that the doctors not remove his brown scapular. During his convalescence in the Gemelli Clinic in Rome, 
he asked for two things, the secrets that Mary had given to the children of Fatima and the diary of St. Faustina Kowalska. In 1984, a few years after his full recovery, he consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart. According to the servant of God, Lucia dos Santos, St. John Paul II's consecration fulfilled Mary's request at Fatima that the world, including Russia, be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart. A few years after the consecration, he declared a Marian year that was observed from 1987 to 1988 and published the Marian encyclical Redemptoris Mater. It was shortly after these events that the USSR fell apart and communism ended in Russia. Now I do just want to point out one thing here. He notes the servant of God, Lucia dos Santos, says that his consecration fulfilled Mary's request at Fatima. Now, if you didn't listen to the Fatima episode, I highly suggest going back and listen to, listening to that, because I talk a little bit about that. Not much, but I just I do want to say that is one of the areas where there is a lot of controversy in Fatima. Depending on who you talk to, they will tell you she was pressured into writing a letter stating that she, or well, she was sent a letter that pressured her in her religious order into saying that the consecration was fulfilled. When up to that point, throughout history, every time she was asked before that, she would say that none of the consecrations that happened fulfilled the uh, requirements. Um, that's just side note. We're not going to dive back into Fatima in this episode. I'm going to keep reading here about St. John Paul II. St. <laughs> John Paul II's tremendous love of the rosary can be traced to his young adult years in Poland. Beginning in 1940, he attended a weekly li living rosary group started by Venerable Jan Tiranowski. In this group, each member was given a particular mystery to meditate on for one month, saying a decade a day while contemplating that particular mystery. It was during this time in his life that Jan Tiranowski suggested St. John Paul II read St. Louis de Montfort's True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin. Tiranowski's example of Marian devotion was a major influence. Quite a few historians have noted that had it not been for Tiranowski, St. John Paul II might not have even become a priest. As a newly ordained priest, he started, living, he started a living rosary group for the youth at his first parish in 1948. In 1996, Pope John Paul II recalled the memory of his friend and Marian mentor, Jan Tiranowski, calling him a, quote, great apostle of the living rosary, end quote. As a priest, bishop, cardinal, and pope, St. John Paul II was also a great apostle of the rosary. As a bishop in Krakow, he was known to pay regular visits to the principal Marian shrine of the Archdiocese of Krakow. During these visits, he would walk along the paths, praying his rosary. During the winter, when there was snow or ice on the ground, he would clasp a ski pole in one hand and a rosary in the other as he walked the grounds of the shrine. Today, there is a statue of St. John Paul II holding a rosary in his hand in front of this Marian shrine. As a cardinal, he was invited to the Vatican by St. Pope Paul VI in 1976 to give a Lenten retreat and affirmed his devotion to the rosary by choosing the rosary and its mysteries as its main theme. After his election to the papacy on October 16, 1978, it only took him two weeks to announce to the world that the rosary was his favorite prayer. He even stated on that same day that the Rosary was a prayer commentary on Lumen Gentium, the document from the Second Vatican Council that included a chapter on Mary. For the duration of his pontificate, rarely a year went by in which he did not do something monumental to promote the Rosary. On March 3, 1979, he began the practice of praying the Rosary over Vatican Radio on the first Saturday of each month. And you can still find broadcasts of those on YouTube if you search John Paul II Rosary. Find tons of them. 
On October 21, 1979, he visited the Shrine of Our Lady of Pompeii, and in 1980, he beatified the great apostle of, Rosary, of the Rosary, Bartolo Longo. In 1981, he promoted the family rosary in the apostolic exhortation Familiaris Consortio, and in 1982 he visited the resting place of St. Dominic in Bologna. Among the many other significant rosary events of his papacy, two in particular stand out. First, on September 19, 1996, he went to France and prayed at the tomb of St. Louis de Montfort. Second, in 2002, he wrote the apostolic letter Rosarium Virginis Mariae, in which he gave the Church luminous mysteries, and declared that from October 7, 2002 to October 7, 2003, the Church would celebrate a year of the Rosary. He himself closed out the year of the Rosary by making another visit to the shrine of Our Lady of the Rosary in Pompeii. St. John Paul II was the most traveled pope in history and brought the rosary with him everywhere he went. He gave out rosaries at all of his papal audiences, encouraged young people at World Youth Days to pray it, and gave the edifying example of praying the rosary entirely every day. He asked all people to promote the rosary with fervor and conviction and taught that the rosary is among the finest and most praiseworthy methods of Christian contemplation. His gift to the Church of the Luminous Mysteries of the Rosary was a means of resharpening or reloading the spiritual weapon of the rosary. So, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pick a few short quotes from St. John Paul II, and then I have about a 10 to 12 minute video well <laughs> it's not a video it's a podcast but a 10 to 12 minute clip of a talk he gave on the blessed mother so we'll read a few quotes and we'll play that and then we'll move on to our next warrior of the rosary To understand the rosary, one has to enter into the psychological dynamic proper to love. The rosary belongs among the finest and most praiseworthy traditions of Christian contemplation. With the rosary, the Christian people sit at the school of Mary. The rosary, though clearly Marian in character, is at heart a Christocentric prayer. We must be strong and prepared and trust in Christ and in His Holy Mother and be very, very assiduous in praying the Holy Rosary. The Rosary mystically transports us to Mary's side as she is busy watching over the human growth of Christ in the home of Nazareth. Confidently take up the Rosary once again, rediscover the rosary in light of scripture, in harmony with the liturgy, and in the context of your daily lives. May this appeal of mine not go unheard. In the present international situation, I appeal to all individuals, families, and communities, to pray the rosary for peace, even daily, so that the world will be preserved from the dreadful scourge of terrorism. 
And now, the reason I actually read that quote, and sorry for breaking the artistic flow, <laughs> um, the reason I chose to re read that quote is if you haven't uh, been keeping up with your Catholic news, there were just uh, three people that were killed in a terrorist attack in France. Uh, it's believed to be a terrorist attack, the last I heard. Um, so we will definitely keep them in our, our thoughts and our, our prayers. Uh, it happened in Notre Dame Cathedral in Nice, France. So, if you want to go ahead and look into that, you can, but the rosary is my favorite prayer. Saint Pope John Paul II. Never hesitate to look to Mary, the mother of the Holy Family, and the mother of all mankind in the order of grace, as a sure guide amid life's challenges and trials. St. John tells us that at the wedding feast of Cana, when Jesus began his public ministry by turning the water into wine, he worked the miracle at the urging of his mother, who was concerned for the needs of the guests. Meditating upon this passage of scripture down the ages, the church has come to understand that the confident words which Mary spoke to the servants, do whatever he tells you, are a mysterious indication of Mary's unique maternal role in the entire economy of Christ's grace. As a mother, Mary places herself between her son and mankind in the reality of their wants, needs, and suffering. Out of loving concern for others, she brings all mankind's needs within the radius of Christ's saving power. Towards the end of John's Gospel, Mary appears once again, this time standing at the foot of the cross, what more, what more power, powerful image could the evangelist have given us of Mary's profound spiritual union with the redemptive mission of her son? When, from the cross, Jesus says to the beloved disciple, Behold, your mother. He entrusts Mary to us, to each one of his disciples, to be our mother too. At the foot of the cross, Mary is fully revealed as mother of the church, Mother Ecclesia. inviting each of us to trust in her prayers. Let us never hesitate to turn to her. How often in your families do you feel powerless 
in the face of painful and apparently insoluble situations. How many people find it a constant struggle to forgive long-standing grudges or to overcome deeply rooted feelings of anger, hostility, jealousy, and resentment? How many people desperately long for someone that they love to abandon a way of life or a cause of action which they now will only lead to frustration and unhappiness. And how frequently do our hearts go out to someone who is caught up in the toils of mental anguish or a bitter grief which knows no consolation. At moments like this, should we not trust in Mary's loving intercession, confident that the most hopeless of human situations can be transformed by the saving power of Jesus, who, in answer to her request, turned water into wine. Of Jesus, who died of the cross, that we might live forever. My brothers and sisters, as you seek to persevere in your own pilgrimage of faith. I commend your families to Mary's maternal protection and prayers. May she, who pondered in her heart the mystery of God's love as it was revealed in the life on her, of her son. Guide, guide parents, guide children to respond fully to the vocation which they have received as sons and daughters of God, redeemed by Christ, and born again in the Holy Spirit. May she guide the church's pastors in their catechesis, in their ministry to young people and to those about to marry. And may she guide all those responsible in, in, in any way for the public welfare that they may respect and support family life by wise and prudent legislation, rejecting as harmful to the good of society everything that would ignore or deny God's plan for the family and lessen respect for the gift of human life. May our voices be joined to hers. Almighty has done great things for me. Yes, Yes, the Almighty has done great things among us. He has done great things for all his people. Amen.
Alright, so I hope you enjoyed that talk from JP2, St. Pope John Paul II. We'll go ahead, and before I introduce you to our next warrior, go ahead and take a quick break. Sit tight. Hey friends, it's Amanda. And if you love coffee as much as I do, and you're trying to manage your weight, I've got great news for you. There is a first to the market coffee that tastes amazing and can help you with your weight loss goals. Isn't that crazy? It's a French roast coffee, only 10 calories, and it will help keep you full for hours. It also has nootropics to boost your brain and improve your focus, and it is made from five plant-based sources of caffeine. I would love to give you more information. These results will blow you away. For more information, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. My name is Amanda Wurtz, W-U-E-R-T-Z. Thanks, guys. God bless. Hey, hey there, listeners. Are you enjoying the show? Do you want more content? If there was a way you could contribute financially to the show, might that interest you? Well, we've been working on that, and for now, we've got a way you can support the podcast. It's to buy CBD products from our affiliate link, which we'll put in the show notes. CTFO, that's Changing the Future Outcome. CTFO CBD is the fastest growing CBD company. Get excellent pricing on top quality organic hemp CBD products and support the podcast at the same time. According to the Harvard Health blog, CBD may help treat certain forms of childhood epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, chronic pain, arthritis, and may help to inhibit inflammatory and neuropathic pain. All 50 states have laws legalizing CBD with varying degrees of restriction, so check your local laws. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and tell your friends. The recitation of the rosary allows us to fix our gaze and our hearts upon Jesus, just like his mother. The supreme model of contemplation of the sun. The theologian of the Rosary. I welcome all the English-speaking pilgrims present to today's audience, especially groups from the Democratic Republic of Congo, Nigeria, Japan, and the United States of America. I also greet the young altar servers from Malta and their families. Today's church celebrates the queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary. May the prayers of Our Lady guide us along our pilgrimage of faith, that we may share in her son's victory and reign with him in his eternal kingdom. Upon all of you, I invoke the Lord's abundant blessings. Born in Bavaria, Germany, and is one of the most brilliant men to ever hold the office of the Pope. Before being elected, to the papacy, he was an accomplished pianist, an academic theologian who served as a theological consultant at the Second Vatican Council and the Archbishop of Munich and Friesing. During his many years of living in Rome, he held the offices of prefect for the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, Dean of the College of Cardinals, President of the International Theological Commission, and President of the Pontifical Biblical Commission. He was elected to the papacy in 2005. In 2013, due to poor health and old age, Pope Benedict XVI resigned from the papacy, making way for a younger and healthier pontiff to hold the office of the Vicar of Christ. After his resignation, he continued to live in the Vatican and serve the Church through a life of prayer under the title Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. He is the first Pope to relinquish the office of the P 
papacy since Pope Gregory the Twelfth in fourteen fifteen. Many of his theological works are recognized as spiritual classics. The Marian devotion of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth is deeply rooted in a biblical, liturgical, and ecclesial approach to Our Lady. He emphasized in both his Marian devotion and his theological writings on Mary that from a biblical perspective, she is best understood as the daughter of Zion, the mother of the Messiah, and our spiritual mother. He also emphasized her relationship to God as the spouse of the Holy Spirit, which allows her to more deeply fulfill her role as our spiritual mother by bringing the Holy Spirit with her wherever she is present. Pope Benedict XVI also has a rich liturgical Marian devotion. He delighted in emphasizing that the month of May was to be a time particularly devoted to Mary. And he always stressed that the liturgical season of Advent should be understood as a Marian season, because it is in Advent that we await the coming of Jesus through Mary. Like previous popes, he too loved to visit Marian shrines. In 2008, he made a special pilgrimage to Lourdes to celebrate the 150th anniversary of the Lord's apparitions. The Marian dimension of the church is where Pope Benedict XVI's devotion to Mary has shown most plainly. He depicts the church as a Marian mystery and shows that Our Lady has an absolute necessary role in carrying out the providential plan of God in Christ. Mary serves as the archetype, mirror, and truest image of the church and the Christian. She is the driving force of Catholicity and the person the members of the church must look to in order to truly understand the truth about Jesus Christ, the church, and ourselves. He taught that if the church were to fall silent in her praise and devotion to Mary, the church itself would no longer be capable of glorifying God as she ought, since the Bible itself teaches the praises of Mary. In the person of Mary, the church has a maternal protector and intercessor before the throne of the Almighty. As a young boy, Pope Benedict XVI witnessed the tender love his parents had for Our Lady and her rosary. His parents would often gather the entire family together to pray the rosary. Every year during the month of May, the entire family went to church every day to pray the rosary. This youthful love of the rosary carried into his priestly and academic endeavors. As a cardinal, even though he was entrusted with many responsibilities, he would always find time to pray at least a few decades a day. At times, he would even divide up a specific set of mysteries and intersperse the various mysteries throughout his day. When he became Pope, he began to pray the rosary every day, sometimes praying it in the morning or in the evening while walking through the Vatican Gardens. And there is a meme on the internet floating around, and it says, You might be cool, but you will never be Benedict the Sixteenth, walking through the Vatican Gardens, praying the rosary, and wearing cool shades. Cool. To Pope Benedict, praying the rosary is a pilgrimage, since the meditations require a person to make mental visits to the holy places associated with the lives of Jesus and Mary. For this reason, whenever he beatified or canonized a person, he delighted in making reference to their devotion of the rosary, and how it helped them to become holy as they made their pilgrimage of faith. 
He was a very humble pope who rarely talked about himself or his personal Marian devotion. Rather, he highlighted the Marian devotion of the saints, especially their love for the rosary. He is responsible for canonizing the 14th century rosary promoter, St. Nuno Alvarez Pereira. Like St. Nuno, he knew that the rosary is a weapon and encouraged everyone, especially the youth, to pray it daily. Throughout his pontificate, and even after his resignation, Pope Benedict XVI has promoted the rosary. In May of 2008, he led the rosary on the first Saturday of the month in the Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore in Rome. In October of the same year, he visited the shrine of Our Lady of the Rosary in Pompeii and spoke very highly of Blessed Bartolo Longo and all that he did to promote the rosary. In May 2010, he visited Fatima and prayed the rosary publicly with those present. Also, in 2010, when 33 Chilean miners were trapped deep in an underground mine for 69 days, he blessed 33 rosaries in Rome and sent them to the trapped miners. The rosaries were sent down the narrow shaft to the miners, who began to pray the rosary every day and wore the blessed rosaries around their necks. Miraculously, all 33 men survived and were rescued on October 13th, the anniversary of the miracle of the sun at Fatima, where Our Lady appeared under the title Our Lady of the Rosary. During the year of faith, 2012 to 2013, he asked all Catholics, especially families, to rediscover the prayer of the rosary and to pray it. On August 28, 2014, one year after he resigned from the papacy, a group of Cuban bishops were visiting the Vatican for the installation of an image of Our Lady of Cobra in the Vatican Gardens and were personally invited by Pope Emeritus Benedict the 16th to join him later that evening in the Vatican Gardens to pray the rosary. So there you have bio on Pope Benedict the 16th born in 1927 and is still living. There has been reports that his health is failing, so keep uh, Papa Benedetto in your prayers. So what we'll do now, so that I will just read all these quotes here from Pope Ben the Sixteenth, and then we'll close out the episode. The traditional image of Our Lady of the Rosary portrays Mary, who with one arm supports the child Jesus, and with the other is offering the rosary beads to St. Dominic. This important iconography shows that the rosary is a means given by the Virgin to contemplate Jesus, and in meditating on his life to love him and follow him ever more faithfully. I urge you all to recite the rosary every day, abandoning yourselves with trust in Mary's hands. The rosary is the prayer of the Christian who advances in the pilgrimage of faith in the following of Jesus, preceded by Mary. Today, Together we confirm that the Holy Rosary is not a pious practice banished to the past, like prayers of other times thought of with nostalgia. Instead, the Rosary is experiencing a new springtime. Without a doubt, this is one of the most eloquent signs of love that the young generation nourishes for Jesus and his mother, Mary. Our Lady invites us every year to rediscover the beauty of this prayer 
so simple and so profound. Through the rosary, we allow ourselves to be guided by Mary, the model of faith, in meditating on the mysteries of Christ. Day after day, she helps us to assimilate the gospel so that it gives a form to our life as a whole. The prayer of the rosary, so dear to St. Bernadette and to Lord's pilgrims, concentrates within itself the depths of the gospel message. It introduces us to contemplation of the face of Christ. From this prayer of the humble, we can draw an abundance of graces. Spiritually unite yourselves to Jesus, crucified, and trustfully abandon yourselves into the hands of Mary, calling upon her unceasingly with the rosary. The historical origin of the rosary lies in the Middle Ages. This was a time when the Psalms were the normal form of prayer. But the great number of unlettered persons of that period could not take part in the biblical Psalms. Therefore, people looked for some kind of psalter for them and found the prayers to Mary with the mysteries of the life of Jesus Christ strung out like beads on a necklace. The rosary is a spiritual weapon. In the battle against evil, against all violence, for peace in hearts, in families, in society, and in the world. Pope Meritus Benedict the Sixteenth. Our continuing catechism prayer leads us during this Christmas season to reflect on the place of prayer in the life of the Holy Family of Nazareth. In the home of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, we learn to contemplate the mystery of God's presence and to grow as faithful disciples of Christ. The Gospels present Mary as a supreme model of prayerful meditation on the mystery of Christ's life. In praying the rosary, in fact, we unite ourselves to a contemplation of those mysteries in faith and hope. St. Joseph fulfilled his vocation as the father of the Holy Family by teaching Jesus the importance of quiet fidelity to work, prayer and observance of the precepts of the law. Jesus' unique relationship with his heavenly father was reflected in the prayer life of the Holy Family and stands at the heart of all Christian prayer. May the example of the Holy Family inspire all Christian families to be schools of prayer where parents and children alike came to know that closeness to God, which we joyfully celebrate in these days of Christmas. And there you have it. Today's episode of Warriors of the Rosary. Coincidentally, our final episode in this episode series. And I've had quite a fun time presenting all of these warriors or champions of the rosary to you all. But from this point on, we'll be moving on and we'll do our last rosary-themed episode in honor of the month of the rosary, October. We'll move on and we'll do our spiritual weapon episode. I'm sure many of you have been wondering what exactly that means. Well, 
I'm gonna relay some stories, some miracles associated with the rosary, and I may even throw in some words from some exorcists about how powerful this weapon really is. If you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash jmartincatholiczenmike. You can follow me on Twitter, at catholic underscore mind. I still don't have any videos on my YouTube page yet, but you can follow me there anyways, if you'd like. You can find the link in the show notes, or you can just search Catholic with a Zen mind. And you can also email me. Take the traditional direct route and email me at catholiczenmind at yahoo.com As I said previously, I'm always open for new pen pals, a new conversation, or a good scolding. (laughs) Well, it's been fun. And I hope that by presenting all of these people, all of these saints, that you see how important to all of them devotion to our Blessed Mother and praying the rosary was to them. How many of them affirms that the rosary is a meditative prayer? Among many other things. Especially a weapon. Which is what we'll go into next time. Until then, send hard or don't. Pray harder, especially that rosary. Stay humble. God bless. Prayer for Humility Lord God, we pray to you with all our hearts and soul that in your mercy you may deliver us from pride and grant us the inestimable gift of humility that we may not follow the evil spirits in their pride to destruction but Christ, the Divine Master of humility to sanctification. May God, in his goodness, grant us this now and forever. Amen.